Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Steve Hartland sitting across from me. Steve, what's going on, man? Hey, nothing much. It's uh, beautiful weather in Maryland today, so I had a great ride on my motorcycle down here to podcast with you today. Yeah. Nice, nice time. And you were telling me you've been out the past several days riding around. Yes, and actually actually some big rides, some longer trips. Like I took an hour drive up to a town called Westminster to see my parents. We watched the movie Dunkirk together. My dad was 12. He remembers it happening. He was in England. England. Wow. So uh, very meaningful to him. We enjoyed that a lot. But, now, now, so did did he really enjoy the movie then from his perspective of oh, remembering back as a 12-year-old? And, immensely. And he's always reading World War One and Two history, uh, biographies of great generals and people in that era and so on. Uh, he actually lived in a town called Nuneaton near Coventry, which was the industrial center of England. Coventry is the place the Germans really, really, really bombed. So his town, Nuneaton, nearby got bombed a lot. Oh, wow. Uh, they had a bomb shelter in the backyard. They would often go in it with relatives and so on. Wow. Now, was he um, was he part of the, the group of children that was sent to the – was it to the north end? Or, nope, no, he, he stayed, stayed home. Stayed <laughs> home. Wow. And by the end of the war, he was old enough to uh, ride his bike the, I don't know what, eight or ten miles to Coventry every day uh he would hold on to a bus going up hills by the way he'd grab a rail on a bus and and work in a factory that was producing not the spitfire but the sea fire the version of a spitfire that can go on and off an air uh aircraft carrier oh wow so he had to crawl inside the fuselage and follow directions and do this and do that and whatever that was his part in the war oh wow that's really cool um, and we're going to get to our guest in just a second, and but we want to make a um, quick announcement from our sponsor. And um, you know, with this particular guest, we actually have uh, two sponsors. We love to promote everything that he does. So the first one is Mission Aware. Uh, shout out to Mission Aware, long-term sponsor for us. They've been with us, um, I mean, I think nearly since the beginning of when we've been doing this podcast and just love to promote them, love to promote their stuff. Um, I got that T-shirt that um, – you know, after darkness, light with uh, the verse on the back that we have been brought into this marvelous light. And, you have uh, it? I do. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yep, I have. The, I have that, and then um, had the verse put on the back of it. And so I love wearing that shirt everywhere. They have great uh, shirts, t-shirts, uh, moleskin journals, um, anything and everything you can think of for your reformed needs and or wants. <laughs> We're reformed here, so we don't really need anything except Christ, right? <laughs> um, but also, second uh, sponsor that we love to promote is Gut Check Press um, because they have great stuff. So we love promoting their podcast, love listening, um, getting caught up. I took a teaching job in uh, in uh, the winter this year, um, halfway through the year. So my commute is 40 minutes, so I love getting caught up with uh, – the Gut Check Podcast, and um, Zach and um, Ted over there, and uh, our guest today, Zach Bartle. Zach, how you doing? I am great. How are you? Doing awesome, and uh, so good to have you back on, man. It's been, uh, when was it, December when we had you on um, to talk it was, about? Well, <laughs> it, was, it was December via June or something like yes. that. Yes. We, <laughs> we were talking about uh, sleigh bells ringing, and it was uh, about the same weather as it is today. Yes, that's right. <laughs> So yeah, really, it literally has been um, almost a year since you've been on. Um, so great to have you back on, and you know we're going to go ahead and just talk about a ton of stuff uh, that you've got going on over there at Gut Check, including uh, your new podcast, Clinch. But uh, you know, give us a little update on things that are going on with you. Well, you know, um, the most exciting thing going on is, of course, uh, Gut Check Espresso. Just to jump right into the product placement. Absolutely. 
Um, we've, and, and, you know, people think that everything we do is copying the happy rant, <laughs> but let me tell you what, me and Ted Clark were talking gut check coffee in about 2009. Uh, we were also talking energy drinks and, uh, cigars and a whole lot of other things, but we never did anything about it. But now you can get your gut check brand espresso. That's, I'm awesome. drinking some right now and that's the best thing ever. Awesome. Um, so that's that's the new thing, and uh, you know we're thinking about revamping our website, and that's it, it, people who know anything about us know that our website is is famously stuck in two thousand and three or so, <laughs> like kind of intentionally as kind of a joke, and I, I you know you're talking missionalware, they just did uh, a bunch of new graphics for us, and good grief that artist is just so talented. Yes, and yes. I, I go on Twitter and I set up this like poll just for fun. Kind of to promote the idea that we're going to rebrand. Should we should we um, revamp our website? And the two options were yes, obviously, and no, it's hilariously uh, 2002. And and like overwhelmingly, people told us not to do it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> you're you're torn between a rock and a hard place there. Right. I think we're going to do it anyway. Uh, but uh, that's, yeah, that's what's going on at, at Gut Check. We're we're uh, always you know growing. We're we're always becoming more and more kind of uh, removed from the hoi polloi. We're kind of these, these kind of media moguls, the smoking cigars, lighting them with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> um, very heartless, you know, corporate entity. That's right. That's right. Well, and let's be real. You know, you talked about. Uh, you know, the happy rant and people, you know, accusing you of copy them. You know, Ted Cluck being on both podcasts is really the brainchild. So any ideas that flow between the two is really, it's him and he is, you know, he is the other half of Gut Check. So the reality is, you know, all ideas belong to Gut Check at that point. Well, the thing is, Ted can't remember. He's getting up there and he can't remember from day to day what he said on his other podcast. <laughs> and so I will be editing our podcast, and I'll and I'll go. Oh yeah, he said this exact same like story two weeks ago on the Happy Rant. I'll just clip it out. Like I mean, so he may not even remember that he had coffee going with the other thing, and then he's just like, "Hey, I got a great idea, man! Coffee, right? How about that?" <laughs> that's we were in Israel for uh, the, about a, ten days uh, yeah, last month. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, how and, was that? Oh, it was um, it was beyond amazing. It was incredible. Everyone listening to this needs to go. And if you're thinking, oh, I'd like to go someday, go to goodbattletours.com and sign up to go like a year from now because it's so affordable and so incredible. And I stood where David killed Goliath, and I got to preach on the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, and it was mind blowing. Nice. Uh, but what I was going to say was that I noticed that all of Ted's chest hair is white now in the, in the Dead Sea. So it's less spiritual, but it, it, it informs the last thing I said. That's right. That's right. Now, good battle tours because you um, – what's the name of the gentleman that runs that again? Cliff Graham. Cliff Graham. That's right because he also – Christianity is alpha male. Yeah, he does a lot of crazy stuff too where like – you know, it's like almost this crazy like Christian black ops stuff where he like goes down to like South America and rescues like, you know, slave trade women and, and different stuff yeah. like that too, right? Like just really crazy, crazy hmm. yeah, cool my, guy. My I, I need nuts. to get in touch you know, with this guy. He does uh, he does like training for that and, and he, he told me I had to come down for it or I was a uh, We'll say wimp. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and I went down to San Antonio, and like from the moment that I got like grabbed out of the airport uh, to the moment that I got dropped back off at the airport, 
it was it was the most insane like three days of my life. I mean, we're talking about assault rifles and uh, learning like dirt field medicine and and like really sobering stuff about they, they don't have to go to South America to deal with with uh, child sex slavery and, and human trafficking. It's happening. And I'm sitting in, in idyllic Lansing, Michigan, and it's undoubtedly happening here. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very cool stuff. That, where where do I on. sign up to go on one of these trips? And go to, uh, I think it's giborim.com, which, which he always pronounces giborim, which drives me just bananas. But uh, <laughs> whatever, I'm not going to argue with this guy. He knows more. He's, he's forgotten more about, like, Israel and in the Old Testament than I ever will. But you've had no. Hebrew and he hasn't, is that it? Oh, no, he has. He just oh, admits that he kind of faked his way through it. <laughs> <laughs> if you go on Cliff, uh, Cliff's uh, Facebook page, his author page, um, you'll definitely find all sorts of links to this. He's, this dude self-promotes like uh, like effortlessly and, and endlessly. But, uh, yeah, that's it, it's really exciting because you can go and get a taste for whether or not you'd be able to, to stomach this stuff. Um Nice. By going on one one of these trips, and uh, it's it's really cool. The, you know, the kind of thing where one one minute you're sitting there on a fire with some guys smoking cigars and, and hearing these amazing stories, and then an hour later you're in a van outside of a house hearing how you know this guy who used to be a cop kicked the door down and and rescued a girl that was chained to a bed, and and you know they uncover this stuff's happening everywhere. So yeah, what what a what a mission field, uh, but not for everybody, for a very particular kind of uh, guy with a really strong stomach and a, and a really strong spirit. Wow. Steve, this sounds right up your alley. Yeah, I really, I'm lighting up over here. I like this, man. <laughs> I want to be like the Christian John Wick. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't know how. I, I think that uh, the whole thing did start when someone killed Cliff's dog, so. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say I think it's it's great that uh, the sole kind of uh, criterion for for hosting this program is that you have an insanely like voice of God movie trailer kind of uh, pipes going on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you know, while we're on the subject of uh, tough guy stuff, so I'm looking at your. Our webpage, gutcheckpress.com. There, I put a little plug for you guys, didn't I? And I see the picture here. There's there's boxing gloves with a headset on. And then your new uh, your new podcast is going to be called... Clinch. Clinch. And, you know, that's that's a boxing term, but it's also a term of, uh, like, debating or sparring between people with ideas. Uh, do you guys intentionally have a boxing theme going on here? Yeah, yeah. I, I, Ken had, when he lived here in Michigan, before the devil led him to Tennessee, <laughs> um, he had a boxing ring in his basement. No joke. You're kidding. Um, no, it was so money. His, his whole basement was kind of a shrine to manliness. You know, it was uh, oh, I like this all, all these jerseys and, and fight cards and stuff up on the wall. And then in the middle was this boxing ring. Uh, and we would get in there sometimes and, and spar, and, and he would kind of... Uh, teach me some things, and yeah, so we definitely, the original idea behind Gut Check Press was uh, books for men, and that very uh. quickly kind of fizzled out, uh, huh. and, and it became more like books for uh, wiseacres, as uh, as Spurgeon used to call this type of person, nice. um, uh, and we might call them smart Alex or something, <laughs> uh, and it became really about satire and, and laughing at things, but uh, originally yeah, the idea was all of Christian publishing is run by middle-aged women, and we were going to come in and be like the polar opposite of that. 
Uh, there's nothing we want to say and, you know, no topic we want to address. So one of our first books, um, we did a, a parody of uh, kind of a, a new kind of Christianity, called it Kind of Christianity. Uh, and then after that, we said, we got to get this uh, boxing theme, this, all this stuff. So we went back and, and got the rights, the audio rights, to one of Ted's first books, which was called Facing Tyson, 15 mm-hmm. Fighters, 15 Stories. And so um, if you want to get the audio book to that, Mike Tyson, uh, kind of, it's kind of a memoir slash, it, it, it's a really interesting book. you got to get it from us, from Gut Check Press. So we tried to, mm-hmm. we tried to keep everything very manly. And I think we've kind of given up on that. But, yeah, there's this remnants of it. The relics of it, like the boxing glove logo around there. It was a great idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like many failed things, it was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we've had you on um, twice before, Zach. Once we were talking solely about your, your books. The second time we were kind of talking about books, kind of talking about Christmas. Now we want to focus more on um, – Gut check, and particularly uh, your your new spinoff podcast, um, Clinch. Can you can you talk a little bit more about um, what's going to be going on with that? Is that going to be you and Ted again, or is that going to be just you with some other guests? Kind of kind of walk me through what's going on with Clinch there. Yeah, the the full title is Clinch, a podcast of fiction and not fiction, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a. It's already going. I mean, I'm, I'm up on uh, putting up episode seven uh, tomorrow morning, or chapter. I'm telling them chapters because it's uh, half not fiction. The not fiction part is kind of uh, the story of the uh, rise and fall, albeit very small rise and and very kind of uh, uh, not significant fall of of my uh, I want to say establishment writing career. Uh, mm-hmm. Meaning, I had a couple of books with a very, very big uh, Christian publisher, uh, and then I got kind of the burn notice, and uh, <laughs> I very briefly tried to kind of reconnect with a different publisher, and mm-hmm. just kind of decided not to. And uh, then for a while, didn't write anything, mm-hmm. and then I, I suddenly had this just burst of inspiration that I was going to write a young adult book. Um, you know, because everyone's reading these, like, Hunger Games and Harry Potter. Like, grown-ups are reading, like, books for kids, like for teenagers. Right, right. And I had a wonderful idea for one. I started writing it, and I, when I outline a book, I outline it to the tune of about 20,000 words. So I had, you know, this enormous thing. I was, and so I started querying a couple of ages, and I found out that in the Christian fiction publishing world, nobody's doing young adult. Yeah. Like nobody. If you want yeah. to have built in, you know, 200,000 readers because you're Ted Decker or something, there are certain people who can do it, but right. they're not taking any chances. Yes. And I thought, man, that just that sucks. And then I had this notion that I just kind of put it out myself. And I thought, wait a minute, if, you know, Tyndale or, or Zondervan can't put out young adult fiction and have people buy it, why would I be able to? Right. So I had this notion of maybe doing it a different way, and I was going to podcast it, you know, serialize it, which is not a new idea, but put out a chapter every week. Um, And then I had this uh, either stupid or brilliant idea to pair that with kind of the slowly unfolding story of me, uh, you know, beginning uh, my career, getting an agent, uh, signing a contract, what that was like, what made the thing kind of... Uh, flame out a little bit, you know, how much of it was, was me just being a jerk, how much of it was the industry and the way it's built. And uh, people have been responding to it quite well. Nice. Um, 
I'm I'm still I'm still kind of finding my groove with it. I think. Uh, and last last episode, I realized I had been doing a lot of complaining and whining, and so I kind of <laughs> made it a, a summary uh, and said this will be the end of that. And now I'm going to be talking about just the market now, what it looks like, what what is it what is it going to mean going forward that we have all these e-books and that there's all these indie books and that you know anybody can upload a Word doc at 10 this morning and at you know, three this afternoon, you can go on Amazon and find their paperback there. Yeah, um, it's an interesting time to be to be writing. Yeah, um, and it's a and I, I've found that I've gotten two kind of sets of, of listener bases: those who really are coming to hear the the unfolding story, um, which I could tell you a little about uh, if you're interested, and then those who are coming to hear about publishing and writing and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, I, I'd love to hear about the story. Well, on the on the logo, there's a uh, kind of a mask, like superhero mask, yeah. Um, and it's a sort of a superhero story, and sort of just uh, the opposite of that. It it, it involves a kid, mm-hmm. 17 years old, um, so a, a young a young adult, I guess, whose life is sort of spinning out of control. His his old man has read a book, and I've got a fictional book that I invented uh, that I keep quoting, uh, and nice. people are like, "Where do I get this? Where do book? I get that book?" <laughs> It's called Insane Faith. You can probably guess what were some of the inspirations behind it. Um, <laughs> By the way, I, I've done faith. that. I've read somebody's book, and they, they quote a book, and I think, oh, man, i got to find that. And I look and look and look. And it does. <laughs> Have you ever done that? And it doesn't oh, yeah. exist. Oh, yeah. Unless you're J.K. Rowling, and then you just write a book about the book that doesn't exist, and you keep <laughs> making movies about it. <laughs> uh, well, the, the imaginary book is uh, called, uh, the subtitle is, a guide to extreme Christianity for the truly faithful, uh, and the notion behind it is that uh, if you're really a, a committed Christian, everything you do is going to be ten thousand percent for the kingdom. You're not going to rest. You're not going to enjoy, you know, walking on the beach. You're not going to. You're just going to always be a winning soul. Blah blah blah. Uh, and and a bunch of people in this little town called Clinch Rock buy into this, including the chief of police, who decides that he has to. Uh, Chuck that whole calling and become a pastor. Uh, so he is going to seminary. He's still the chief of police, and he's also the pastor of the local church in this tiny little town. Right when this crime spree kind of starts, um, and so the main character is his son, who uh, he starts discovering things about maybe kind of some conspiracies uh, going back in the town. Uh, they've just moved into the parsonage, which is a super super old uh, house, and start finding stuff in there. And at the same time, his best friend has read the same book, only the corny, uh, you know how there's a corny youth version of every like, yes. Christian living book? <laughs> it's called Insane Faith Superhero Edition. <laughs> and uh, she uh-huh. takes it very literally and decides she's called to be a costumed superhero in their tiny little rural town. <laughs> so he's trying to like kind of manage her and, and keep her from doing this because she's going to kill herself because she's kind of nuts. And then, you know... Hey, Take up, pick up all the slack for his dad, and do all this. And at the same time, there's all these crimes, and it gets closer and closer to home. Uh, so it's one of, he, like my other books that uh, I know that Greg uh, has a stack of my books that he hasn't read. Um, <laughs> if he had, he would have found out that uh, they all kind of slowly build, and then in the end, they kind of spin out of control, and it gets kind of frantic. Uh, so that's that's what that book is about. And um, what's cool is when you do it this way, I can kind of read people's enthusiasm about different aspects of the story and if people are really into something based on the response i can play that up later on you know i can change things and yeah and it becomes almost interactive which is very fun 
Yeah, that's that really does sound like a cool concept, and and it's unique from some of the other things that are that are going on. Um, there's something similar. I'm a big tabletop gamer, and I, I love watching you know how to play tabletop games and things like that. Um, and there is this one website that actually has um, the the audience participating, so you can kind of email this person the moves that you'd like to make and you know based on how many people email and what they want to do they'll kind of move with the players and you you interact and it seems something similar to that where the audience is is maybe not formally interacting like that with you but like giving some response and feedback which allows you to kind of dictate and direct where this thing's going to go which um right. which sounds really cool and of course i mean i do have the twenty thousand word uh, outline and most of the book already written but yeah, I've I've gone back and 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 punched a few things up, and like somebody's like, I really love that character, and I'm like, oh, that person never comes back at all. But I can go back and you know, loop <laughs> now them he in will, later. Huh? Yeah, it's almost like a uh, like a television program unfolding in in that way. Yeah, um, but with no budget. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's really great. Now, what was kind of what was your what was your idea um, behind behind doing this kind of format with like, you know, the the kind of informal interaction? I know you said, you know, like going in, there was really no um, Christian, um, you know, adolescent fiction, which which I know because I've written a Christian adolescent fiction book. And there, like you said, there's just no market for it. It was just flat out rejected. But like that idea of um, you know, hey, yeah, I want to know what you guys are thinking and and where things are going and and kind of moving along with that. Like, did that just like kind of unfold as you were doing this, or um, was that kind of something that was, you know, you thought you wanted to do all along? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really anticipate that aspect of it. I guess. Um, I mean, we did have we did for for Gut Check uh, Press. We had a book that we did started doing as a blog. So every once in a while, a new chapter would come out. It was called uh, "Beauty and the Mark of the Beast." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was basically a, a like satire of a rapture story. Right. And we we'd get some feedback, and people would be like, "I really hate this subplot," and if people hated it, we'd kill it. So I, I kind of had been, and then at some point with that, we just said, "You know what? Let's write the rest of it really fast," and and we kind of banged it out and. And then we re and then we reinvented that one and, and it's called uh re raptured. Re colon raptured. Right, um, right. <laughs> and and we're writing the school of that soon. So I, I mean it kinda had and, and we were reading that we called it Gut Check Literacy Month. We were kinda reading that a chapter of that every week. And so Gut Check Literacy Month lasted a year and four months. Yeah, I remember uh, a long month. <laughs> I remember going through that with you guys on the podcast, listening to that and you know, but, uh, the, loving so the, that. I mean, I kind of knew that there would be a little of that, but, but but my main thing was just I wanted to do something. I hadn't. I mean, I had my last book came out in 2015. Like my last book, you could actually walk into Barnes and Noble and, and buy. Um, and you know, I don't think you can buy, walk in and buy it in most places anymore unless it's starting to show up on, on like bargain bins and stuff. And mm-hmm. I and I had gotten kind of depressed about it, and so this was just this was just something to do, something to make, you know, yeah. Yeah, something to create. And uh, I just wanted to get something going. Now, very stupidly, I went from you know not writing at all to setting myself up for having to kind of frantically write because I I had this kind of concurrent idea that my sequel to my my debut novel, Playing Saint, should come out on October 30th, Devil's Night, mm. um, and because it takes place 
on October 30th, 2017, and 31st, Halloween, yep. and All Saints Day, and All Souls Day. Uh, and I thought, it would be cool if it came out and people could buy it right away and read it like on the days that it's happening. Uh, and then I realized, oh boy, that means, that means an awful lot of work, but that's fine. <laughs> It's, it's it's only work in quotes, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, sl- sleep is overrated anyway. <laughs> uh, that's hysterical. Um, so, so you've got. I mean, so so I guess since you've got the sequel coming out, you're not totally like throwing your hands up with you know the the official you know I guess professional publishing you know whatever mainline publishing. Um, so are you still trying to work with mainline publishers to get stuff out there? Um, or well, no, we're, we're actually putting out the gut check, gut checks, putting out, uh, this sequel. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which is, I, there were certain things. I mean, I loved working with, uh, Harper Collins, Christian fiction, but there were certain things just about the limitations, mm-hmm. uh, both in terms of, you know, there are five people who are telling you, you know, what to change, which is part of the deal. I mean, that's part of what you go to them for. Right. Um, and what you can't say and what you can't have happen because it's, you know, Lifeway won't carry it if it has this in it or that in it. Right. Uh, and and mm-hmm. gut check, uh, since it's just me and Ted uh, and headquartered in the cigar room in the back of my house, right. uh, oh, isn't going to tell me not to say anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a blessing <laughs> and a curse, depending on what level of discernment I use. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> it, it's going to be it, – it, it'll, it'll be – as professional as we, it'll be probably the most professional looking looking book and feeling book that we've put out because a lot of what we put out is just you know goofy. Sure. Um, it'll probably be you know on par with like the Christian gentleman smoking companion, and if yeah. it has even a fraction of the sales that that had uh, and continues to have, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, I you know I got to tell you, you brought that up. Um, we talked about that. Uh, the I don't think it was the last time, but the time before that, you were on the podcast and just. Totally got to do a shout out for that because, you know, we have huge reform base and, you know, people um, in the reform community love smoking. Um, and so <laughs> the Christian Gentleman Smoker Guide is fantastic. I have it. I've read it. Um, and just it's so it's clever. It's witty. Um, there is there is some really good information in there as well as a lot of really good satire in there. And so definitely, even if you're not a smoker, it's definitely worth a read for uh for that uh satirical aspect to um to the book and you know the laughs that are going on in there so i you know i remember every other day i'd be reading something and laughing and my wife would just kind of look at me what are you laughing at and i tell her and she'd just be like you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) so but it is it is just um excellent book and so, do you so think I'm, I'm looking at it on Amazon now because uh, this is the first I've heard of it? I'm interested, and I'm looking at some reviews. And somebody here says it's refreshing because it's not politically correct. Is that right? In what ways is your book not politically correct? Well, smoking to begin with is not politically correct <laughs> in our culture, right? Like you can only smoke now if you're like in a barrel sealed underwater. <laughs> I mean, like uh, you, you, I, I was just thinking about. Uh, the other the other day we were at a restaurant and I was, and we were sitting outside and I was remembering a nice time me and one of my parishioners had sat up there and eaten some uh, falafel and had a cigar and in Michigan now you can't smoke in any buildings that are public buildings and if you're at a restaurant even the outdoor seating is considered part of it and uh-huh. so I mean, there's just no way to enjoy a cigar with a meal uh, there's like three wow. or four cigar bars or something in Michigan where they can serve food and and sell tobacco and allow you to smoke but. Yeah, it, it, that that whole thing has just become 
kind of part of the evil patriarchy. You know, the, what, what is it that the evil patriarchy did to identify themselves? They met in smoke-filled back rooms <laughs> and, like, <laughs> belly laughed with, while, while lighting their cigars. Um, and uh, we had, uh, I mean, it, it's satire in itself is kind of, it lends itself to being politically incorrect. Yeah. We make fun of ourselves a lot, but we also make fun of, we're always making fun of the long-defunct emergent church, and, and it's it's uh, kind of bastard children. Um and I mean that in the terms of the movements that come out of it, not the people. Right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> well, maybe some of so the we're, people. We're always kind of – at the end of the Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion, companion there's a, an appendix, which is uh, pre-written hate mail so that you don't have to you – know, You don't have to write it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and one of them was uh, I like smoking because I'm a hipster, but I hate your theology and I hate all your books about you know the immersive church and, and, and all that. Uh, and it says uh, – I am, I'm so, what is it, I'm so hipster that I meet in a, my church meets in a dilapidated factory, but we're so edgy that the factory is still functioning, and we sort of meet between the whirring machines. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the funniest things we've ever read. We're sort of oh, meet my between word. the whirring machines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh my word! Yeah, that thing got uh, three one-star reviews before it was even available to buy, just based on you know, by on principle. Like my my grandpa smoked cigarettes and died of lung cancer, and we're like, well, this isn't even about that. And right. you know, don't smoke cigarettes. And if you're smoking cigars and you're breathing the the smoke into your lungs, you're doing it wrong. You right. <laughs> you're you're a real man if you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, Chris Graham does that, but no one else. Right. right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's you know it's so funny though, um, because that's one of the things that I really do love about um, gut check in general is that you guys really you know you, you're just you're you're real. This is who you are. Everything's out there, and it's like you know whatever. Um, and it's so it's so refreshing because it's also I feel like it's done in a way that's not um, that's not douchey, um, you know. And maybe some would disagree, but like I just I find. <laughs> Uh, I oh, find. <laughs> I just I find your humor um, and the sarcasm and just everything about what you and Ted do um, and gut check in general just so great. I'm. It, it's never a dull moment listening to the podcast. It's never um, a dull moment um, reading your books. Unlike Greg, I actually I have read a couple of your books. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, I like you better. <laughs> well, hey, if nothing else good comes from this podcast, and I'm sure it will, I'm going to buy a copy of that Christian Gentleman's book. There you I go. Gotta check that out. Looks like fun reading. See, another sale in the bag for you. Boom. Boom. That's right. Yeah, you know, we, when we were in Israel, we we looked at our uh, we we have a little checking account for our for our quote unquote company, uh, and and we used to just burn through it. When Ted lived in town, we'd go up for a steak once a week or whatever and, and have smoked. And then he moved away, and it built up and built up and built up and built up. And then uh, we looked at our, our holdings before we left for Israel and said, whoa, we'll be able to uh, – and we burned through all but about, like, $7, I think. <laughs> and so, yeah, go ahead and, and buy that. Let's, let's We'll re- help you out a little bit. Yeah. Replenish. You can get those right. new shoes for your son after all. <laughs> uh, that's right. So um, kind of going back, uh, we, we kind of you know ran off a little bit. So do you think you are done with the mainstream publishers at this point and are just going to focus on you know investing your time and energies into gut check 
is that something that you're kind of seeing yourself in right now, or are you kind of leaving it more open? What are your thoughts? I I, I would hope that I, I'm not completely done with... I mean, it, it all depends. I mean, it's, it, the question is, are they done with me? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, it's... It's a it's a weird time again for for Christian fiction. I mean, I, and I and I touch on some of this in the podcast. Like, uh, I used to work for a, a corporation called Family Christian Stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was one of the people that was maintaining the very. Let's see, this was up through 2005. I worked for seven years there, uh, and we were we were running the DOS and the Windows 3.1. Uh, yes. In wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was perfect for me because that's kind of where my sweet spot. That's right. <laughs> I still carry the Palm Pilot and everything, but uh, so you know, I I had in my mind that there is just this monolithic kind of. You know, there are all these Christians that are wanting to buy this Christian fiction. It's one of these things that's too big to fail. It's a good it's a good uh, gig to get. And when I got that that uh, two book contract, I was just thinking like, wow, this is going to really open up the, the number of people who who have access to my books. My number of readers will, will skyrocket. And then of course, shortly after the second book came out. Uh, family Christian stores files for bankruptcy, and now they're just no more. Mm. Um, which is it's kind of a uh, a moment for that industry to, to and and to stop and think, what does this mean for you know? Is it is that chapter over in mm. in Christian media? You know, are we going to be seeing? Um, this is something I touched on two episodes ago in my podcast, but uh, I've been there for two different Christian publishers kind of in-house uh, come-to-Jesus meetings, which I say were more like uh, distance ourselves from Jesus meetings, because <laughs> it was like, the thing we have to do to survive in this moment is kind of cut out the super Jesus-y, off-putting stuff, and, and do more inspirational books. that mm. They have spiritual themes, and they're positive, and they won't make Grandma blush, but they're, <laughs> they're not, you know, going to freak out an unbeliever, and we can sell them you know, to, to anybody, and I don't have any interest in that. I mean, if I want to write stuff that's that's not exclusively Christian, there are there are better ways to go, I think, than right. um, through a Christian publisher. And there there are still some very good publishers out there, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm just waiting and seeing. I, I can't even think further than a couple of days ahead uh, out now, because if I start thinking how close October 30 is and how right. much editorial stuff still has to happen with my my playing Saints sequel, I'll, I'll have an actual breakdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, because because you are doing this in-house, is is Ted your editor, or do you have another process? I mean, do you self-edit yourself, or is there kind of another process that you use for editing? Because, you know, like you said, when you were in the main, you know, mainstream, you had five different people kind of looking at things, going over it. So, so how does that look now, being more independent? Well, Ted has never read anything I've written. Um, <laughs> and that I'm only partially joking there. Um, uh, I have uh, a tendency to, to really fight back against editorial, so I need somebody who's who I'm a little afraid of. Mm. Uh, and as it turns out, my wife, um, my wife would actually just... <laughs> My wife, who just got a two-book deal, she was able to announce yesterday with uh, Ravel, which is uh, one of the best Christian uh, publishers out there. Um, she is also a freelance uh, editor and, and copywriter, and she works for uh, Baker Publishing Group. She's she's brilliant, and so, yeah, we're going to test the marriage by having her her be the editor. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> the editor and, and 
you know, the the whole the whole editorial process will be her and her and I. Wow. Her and me. Wow. Will yeah. be her and me. <laughs> there you go, editing already. Hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cool, so cool. So, what other? Um, so, you've got the the sequel to Playing Saint. We've got um, the you know new podcast clinch, which which sounds amazing. I've actually just gone on a hiatus throughout the summer. Um, don't really travel as much throughout the summer, so I'm not really listening to podcasts. But I'm looking forward to getting back into it and. Um, you know, once I get back into the school year, like I said, I've got, you know, 30, 40 minute commute. So it's just perfect driving down and back. And, you know, I went through, um, you know, just binge listen to uh, gut check and, and got all the way caught up with you guys before you went to Israel. So look forward to getting back into that. Any other kind of projects that you um, or even Ted have that are in the works that listeners can be looking out for? Well, you should keep your eyes open for Ted's movie, Silverdome. That's that's going to be enormous. That's right. That's uh, already right. filmed. Uh, they're in the middle of editing it and everything. They got a distributor. I, I got to be there for part of the filming, and it was just it was the money. It was it, to be in that great sports cathedral now falling, literally falling apart. You know, we had to sign. Uh, my wife Erin and I were both there, and she was taking all the pictures, and we had to sign like three releases. In order to step foot in there, there were wow. chunks of you know there I beams and chunks of concrete coming down, and oh, it was it was crazy. The whole the whole dome was just ripped apart and fallen in, and it, it was wild. And and it's such a great setting for that kind of a story. Yeah. So what's um, the, what's the story about? Oh, it's it's about a, a former. Um, uh, what what is this? Uh, what's the not not the NFL? I'm not a sports guy. Uh, like USFL or whatever. Um, quarterback who goes back to the silver dome now you know abandoned and falling apart because he kind of has this identity crisis about who am i without football you know he's, he's no longer a a uh, a player and, and you know he just disappears and so his wife and his kids are looking for him and he's living in this thing and it, uh she finds him and there's all this back and forth and it all happens right in the, the place where his his you know, glory days were unfolded it's it's a really well written really subtle uh, 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 screenplay and and it was very well executed uh, they got uh, a former NFL quarterback to play the the main guy is uh, Glenn Pakulik. and then uh, I got to meet uh, someone from Breaking Bad they got uh, Carmen Serrano who was uh, principal Carmen on, on Breaking Bad nice Wow um, yeah, and they got a number of people who were on uh, like Empire and different. Things. I mean, like it's it's legit. It's a real. It's not like uh, like like a Christian movie movie. Uh, uh, you know that that level of of filmmaking where they like get like the director's nephew to come in and do it. It was it was it was legit. It was it was well done. Uh, so yeah, keep your eyes on. Uh, you can follow that Silverdome Silverdome movie on on Twitter. That sounds like your cup of tea. Yeah, um, really cool stuff. Yeah, and of course Ted and I are both. I mean, we're doing all this stuff on the side because I'm a minister and, and he's a college professor at a SBC, uh, SBC seven F, yeah, SBC uh, <laughs> uh, college, yeah, which is fun because then on the podcast I can start bringing up things like beer and stuff that make him very uncomfortable. Get him in trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice, um, nice. Yeah, it's it's uh, crazy to to try and do all that kind of stuff uh, squeezed into, but I mean. You guys do this in uh, in addition to to everything else. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's a fun time where you you've got so much technology that makes the streamline things for you that you know you can be like I'm going to write a book and put out a book and then and, and then it's going to run through this program and then it's going to appear and when people order it they'll they'll print it and send it to them in 2 days. Yeah. What? Yeah. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really is. You know, that's one of the things that Greg and I always said about the podcast is, you know, I mean, essentially at the end of the day, we loved getting together, meeting face to face and doing the podcast. And that's one of the things that Steve and I love about the podcast as well is that, you know, just that fellowship, that interaction with one another, you know, being there. But at the end of the day, you know, you're in Michigan right now. We're here in Maryland and we're still able to call up and and do the podcast and have it going and, and have a great time with it. You know, just such an amazing, amazing age of technology that we're in and, and the abilities that we have with so many different formats of media. Pretty cool. And for all the evil that people use it for, it is, it is uh, nice to see things like uh, the internet and streaming content and, you know, all this stuff used, used for the kingdom. Uh, and I know you guys, you guys, and I'm not talking about gut check. We're just, we're just being idiots, but you guys, you know, <laughs> discussing important issues and that sort of stuff, you know, off and on, oh, and yeah. also being idiots. Well, and you by know. the way, I need to ask, uh, yeah. with, with the uh, Greg hiatus and all this stuff, is uh, is the Reverend James King also <laughs> uh, on hiatus? Or? Yeah, yeah, you know, we haven't we haven't heard from the Reverend King yet. I, I suspect um, at some point after Greg's last uh, podcast, he may make an appearance to, you know, semi gloat and, and maybe take credit for Greg leaving. Um, but, but I have a feeling that's going to be, you know, once, once Greg's officially done, because, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Stephen Altrogi, you know, he says he's done with things, but then he comes back, you know? So I think, I think he may be waiting just to see if Greg is truly done with the podcast in order to, you know, do his blast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I heard uh, Joe Thorne uh, being raked over the coals by James King, and I thought to myself, "I'll have arrived when, when I get uh, when I get the treatment." <laughs> well, and did it, it, was, it was glorious. Yeah, I was going to say we we did that right the first time that you were on. King uh, King oh, yeah. found out. You know, there was a leak. There was a leak over here at at these go to eleven, and he you know he managed to find out that you were on, and you know just kind of tore you and Ted apart, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. The, it happens. We had it coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling that King will make uh, some guest appearances still, um, but but you never know. You never know. Uh, so well, I hope he makes fun of uh, Dutcher's uh, Twitter handle if he does indeed. <laughs> Dutch doggy dog. <laughs> Uh, oh, there's, you know, there's, there's just, I, I think he has so many things that he can make fun of from, for, for everyone that, you know, there, there's just endless content there. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Zach, you know, we, we're, we're kind of running low on time. I know you've got a very busy schedule over there. Um, my wife and I, we're, we're getting, uh, ready to, to pack up and head out on a vacation today. So, um, just wanted, you know, to give you some time right now. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or, or you know, set up or bring out um, about things that are going on? Always love having you on, man. It's such a such a great time. And um, like I said, I just I, I can't say it enough. Love what you guys do over there at Gut Check. Um, everything you bring out is just 
so great. And I, you know, I've so much enjoyed being able to get caught up with the podcast and following you guys. So just want to throw it out there to you. If there's any, you know, last minute, uh, thoughts or comments on your end. Well, you know, since it's always about, uh, the, the almighty buck and building the empire, I would just tell you that you can, uh, you can find my new podcast if you just go to my name, ZacharyBartles.com slash podcast. Uh, you can get to the Gut Check podcast and, and the new one, uh, which is quick to, to catch up on because they're only like half an hour a pop. They're not they're not uh, super long. Like Gut Check podcast will often go in excess of an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to keep this one kind of more tight and, and scripted and, and less, uh, you know, just two guys riffing and, sure. and giggling. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... I if you haven't read uh, Playing Saint, uh, you can pick it up super cheap now. And one nice. of the first things I talked about on the new podcast was that uh, I had this moment uh, where reality crushed me, where I just looked at it and went to see what the rating, ranking was, whatever, and was like, why is my book $3 on Amazon? <laughs> 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 it's since gone back up, because I think people started buying it when they saw that, but uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's cheaper than, than cover price by about 50%, so you can, you can get... Uh, Playing Saint, which, hey, uh, got nominated for a number of awards and was, uh, what do you call, uh, critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. um, uh, if not overly successful in the sales department. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the sequel I got coming out. I think it's it's one of the most kind of cinematic, uh, it's definitely the most cinematic thing I've written, and that's the kind of stuff I like to read. It mm-hmm. feels like, you know, this the kind of, the pace feels quick. Yeah. Dragging you along, bang, 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 uh, scene by scene, uh, and and uh, I'm I'm really really geeked about it. I think it's going to be it's called it's called Playing Saint All Souls Day. Uh, nice. The the uh, Jesuit priest slash uh, like Vatican agent assassin guys are are back in it, and uh, the detectives from the first book and and uh, Parker Saint, the main character, who's in the first book was kind of like a. Um, Joel Osteen in make into making and then and then repented and and came back to being a faithful minister and then we'll see that that wasn't quite as smooth of a transition as it, as it could have been. Nice. So uh, yeah, ZacharyBartles.com is my website. GutCheckPress.com is our 2002 era uh, website. And uh, drop me a line. I, I love uh, anyone who's who's listened to my stuff or read my stuff and, and wants to talk about it. I, I love love uh, emailing back and forth with readers. Nice, nice. And yeah, guys, anytime you get a chance, um, just to our listeners out there, anytime you get a chance to do iTunes reviews, um, you know, I, I, you know, again, I've, I've just, you know, been um, boasting about these guys because they are so great. But giving them iTunes reviews um, is huge because it puts them higher on the list. So people are um, able to access them more quickly when they're doing searches and things like that. So, you know, help these guys out by doing iTunes reviews for them as well. Um, and, you know, getting them set up that way. I know that is a huge help as well. So if, you know, if you're kind of looking at your cash, you know, cash reserves at the end of the summer through vacations and things like that, and you can't buy anything, at least go on and give them a review because, you know, that's, that's as good as gold sometimes. Of course, you know, money is ideal, but this, this is second. No, place. no, I've got, I've got a grand total, I think of two iTunes reviews on my new podcast. <laughs> Granted, it's very new, oh. but. Uh, yeah, I'd love. I would love for some people to, even if it's a, even if it's a negative review, they they actually help. That's yeah. what people mm. think they're going to burn you, and and you look at it and go, ha, that actually helps. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> there, there is no bad press when it comes to iTunes reviews. <laughs> right. 
Uh, awesome. Well, Zach, as always, uh, such a good time, and um, you know, we'll definitely have to keep uh, keep in better contact. So we're you know not going uh, not going quite a year without uh, without hanging out and, and doing some stuff. So uh, we'll we'll definitely be in touch. So. All right. Uh, awesome, man. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pleasure Until the meeting next you, time, Zach. We just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11. <laughs>